Hi, I'm Susanna Kalchich and you're listening to Life in Practice podcast. I'm curious about the big questions in life and how we can experience more meaning and fulfillment every day. Join me as my guests share their challenges, successes and what it means to put our purpose, our values and our lives in practice. Hello and welcome to Life in Practice podcast. Uh, Today my guest is James Kennedy and he is a career transition coach. Uh, Welcome James. Hey Susanna, Um, first of all I just want to say thank you very much for inviting me onto the show. I'm I'm, 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 I'm honoured and I'm humbled to be here with you so thank you very much for having me on. Fantastic, thank you and yeah James and I uh, connected, Um, we both attended um, uh, Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within. So, James, oh, has yeah. your ha, has your power been unleashed? Most definitely, working on yeah. it every single day. <laughs> awesome, that's fantastic. So, James, how did you um, get to be a a career transition coach? Tell me a bit about um, why why you've gone down this path and some of the experiences that 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 have led you to that. Great question, Susanna. I think I think the the only way I can answer that for you is to say that um, growing up, I didn't really have a clue what it is I wanted to do with my life, right? So you know, it's like looking everyone, and I was always um, I was always um, you know admiring the people that knew exactly what they wanted, and you know they had the certainty and everything. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know what I want to do, you know. And so uh, you know, even going into uh, university, and it's like, okay, so what do I do now? So um, I'd say I did a, a degree business studies that most people that don't really have a clue do because it's like, hey, if, if there's businesses all over the world, right? So we'll do business studies and do that. So that's what I did in university. And, uh, you know, uh, part of it is, is, is been 20 years in the corporate world searching for what I wanted to be doing with my life when I grow up, right? Mm. All the way through. So I've, I've tra- transitioned into uh, six different careers now over 20 years, Susanna, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out what it is that I'm supposed to be doing and what, what lights me up, you know, because, you know, as, as you quite rightly said, unleash the power, mm-hmm. right? And, and so I've, I finally figured it out for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of the reason, you know, taking 20 long years to figure it out is trying to help other people figure it out quicker mm-hmm. so that they don't take 20 years like I do. So, yeah. This is what I do now. Mm, amazing. But do you think though, sometimes like, you know, um, it does take time because you need to have certain life experiences, you need to grow in certain ways to help you realize what it is that you really want to do. Or is it something I, that, do you, or, is it, or is it something that you think that we're kind of born with, you know, that we kind of know deep inside what it is that we want. It just takes time mm-hmm. to, to kind of take all those, um, uh, layers off great question great question Susanna and and, you know as you say that and I think about it I think from my perspective Mm. it's all about trying out different things you know because because from my perspective it was the pain of changing sick career six times and doing all of this and then someone showing me how to make it easier and make my journey easier right Mm. so so I, um, I wouldn't necessarily say that you're born with it, but through experience and through, uh, through trying different things out, 
we find things that we actually enjoy much, mm. right? And 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 uh, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Tony Robbins, as you know, and uh, Dean Graziosi, and I'm doing a course with them as well. And, and and what I would say, one of the things is to turn your your mess into your message, mm. right? Mm. Yeah. So the reason why I'm here is because I used to be terrible for 20 years trying to figure out what it was to be, right? So my passion comes from because I know what the pain feels like, you know, the frustration. So the fact that I can help other people with what was used to be struggling for me, mm-hmm. it, it, this is fun. This is not even a job. I'm just enjoying what I'm doing and, and, and uh, you know, sharing different uh, tools, techniques I've learned along the way to mm-hmm. make it easier for other people. Amazing. So what was that point where things um, uh, clicked for you that you're like, yes, this is it? Was there like, was yes, it something yes. that gradually happened over time? Yes. Or was it like kind of like the clouds parted and, you know, ta-da, there it was? Wow, wow. That's a great question. I think uh, two things happened. So there was two pivotal moments. Uh, I think for me going to uh, UPW, Mm-hmm. In April 2019, the Unleash the Power Within course with Tony Robbins was 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 the realization that all I wanted to do was to help people. As simple as that, right? That was my why, right? I, and, and then the four days intensive that we did in the in London was that's like right, I want to help people. But then the question is right, so how the heck are you going to do that, <laughs> right? Right. So that's one pivotal moment. The mm-hmm. second pivotal moment was actually before UPW where um, I was uh, I was struggling to find a job, even with the master's degree, even with experience, uh, you know, uh, 17 years experience at that time, and all of this, I was struggling to get interviews, right? And I was mm. like, what's going on, right? And there's me applying for jobs at my desk uh, 12 months in, and, and, you know, we were struggling and all of this. And then my wife comes in the room, right? I just said, congratulations. You're going to have your second child on the way. And I was like, yay, right? So, 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 you know, in terms of catalyst and pivotal moments, it was like, for me, it was like, okay, what I'm doing is not working, right? right? And I've had career coaches in the past and they've, they've, done, they've done the CV for me, but, you know, it's, it's how they did it and it's for me and it wasn't working. So I found another career coach that showed me how to tell my story for myself, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And from that there, it's like, it clicked. It's like, wow, this is like magic, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because in the power of words, I did all this and I already started feeling better with myself, with myself, right? And more confident in myself. And then I applied for two roles. And crazy enough, I got two interviews out of those two roles. Mm-hmm. One was in the right fit, which is fine. The other one, they really wanted me, right? And and, and they offered me the salary. They, they they offered me the job, and I was like, great, right? Because like I said, twelve months out of a job, uh, twelve months out of the job, a new baby on the way. Let's go for it, right? And what they were already offering me was more than I'd ever earned before as well for a starting salary. Wow. Okay, and I looked at it, and but then I also saw it, and they said. The salary they gave me was the lowest, right? Mm-hmm. The lowest of the salary band, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so here's the crazy thing. I looked at it and I looked at what's happening and, and I was like, hang on, I'm worth more than this, <laughs> right? So I asked 
for to, for midway, for to, you know, halfway between the lower salary band which they offered me and the top, and I asked for the middle. And guess what happened? They said yeah. They said, they yes. said yes. Amazing. They said yes. Amazing. They started it and stuff like that. So, just from that one pivotal moment of thinking, mm-hmm. I said, "Wow, this is amazing!" Right? Because mm-hmm. what I learned about it, and you know, we'll talk more about it after. Is I understood then the value of my experience, the value of my work, how to tell the story mm-hmm. of that experience that tells the story specific to what the hiring manager is looking for anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? And from that sort of thing, and, and from there is, so two, two pivotal moments uh, there, as I said, getting a job for myself when I was struggling mm-hmm. and figuring out I want to uh, help people. So now that I know I want to help people and that's my calling in life, mm-hmm. and now that I know how to help people with their resumes and CVs, Right, then we just combine it together and help people get jobs. Amazing, yeah. And I think, <laughs> especially like right now with what's going on in the world, I think you know what you're what you're doing is so important, and it will really, really um, help and uh, and uh, support people during this time because. Mm. You know, as you know, like so many people have lost jobs, um, businesses, everything is kind of, it's tough out there. Like, um, I know one of like, uh, one guy I'm, I know he applied just for a, a simple retail job and it was like 4,000 people had applied for that same position. Yes. And it's like, wow, it really, um, um, reality hits the fan. Yeah, most definitely, right? And so, Susanna, yeah. I want to, I want to, what I want to add to that is, um, what I want to add to that, that's why I believe learning how to tell your story on your resume is an important life skill, just as important as driving and anything else, the skills that you learn, okay? Mm-hmm. Because it's learning how to market yourself, right? And, and, and as you know, and we know, and especially now in this pandemic, there's no such thing as a job for life anymore. Yeah. Okay. You know, airline industries and all these things that thought they had a job for life and it was safe and everything. They're having to, to let people go because they have, because, you know, uh, of the travel restrictions and everything happening in the world at the moment, right? So mm-hmm. knowing that we need to make we need to understand our worth and understand the value of the work we do. So that mm-hmm. when, uh, but but it also as well gives us the flexibility that mm-hmm. when we're ready to transition into another career, we can easily tailor our resume and our CV to the next job mm-hmm. and show them what we can do for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's start with like, what do you think are the kind of um, like where do where do you think that uh, people go wrong with their CV and um, resume or like when they're when they're when they're applying for jobs? What do you That's think? Right. Are like what are the most common mistakes? So the most common mistake I would say, Susanna, is that when you're looking at the perspective of a CV, right? The perspective on the CV is from your perspective, right? And so most people, as I see, they say, I'm good at this and all of these things, and they go chronological order and everything that's happening, okay? Now, the point about this, as you said, for your friend that applied for a simple retail job with 4,000 applications, that's what 99% of the population does, right? And so when I work with people, I say to people, the first thing you should be doing is look at the job description 
and highlight and look and see what they need. Mm. All right. Mm. And you, when you look and see what they need, then you can look to see what the relevant stories from your entire career you can give them. Right. You know? mm. right? And, and, and I like to use a, um, a fishing analogy in this one here. I'm, I love fishing, so I just want to be a fishing analogy. Okay. So, for example, we can use it to a job like a project manager, for example. Okay. A project manager is a job title, right? And you can have project manager job title uh, in 10 different roles, in 10 different companies, mm. right? But the responsibilities and what you're supposed to do as a project manager in those 10 different companies is completely different, mm. mm-hmm. right? So if we say the 10 different companies, the project manager, looking for project manager are 10 different types of fish, right? Your resume, your CV is the bait to try and attract them. Right, yeah. Most people do a one-size-fits-all CV, giving it bog standard out there to try and attract 10 different types of fish, jobs. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to say, you might get a couple of bites on one of them, but the probability of getting, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten jobs interested uh, in that your bait is highly unlikely because it's not tailored specifically for them. Right. Yeah. So people just write their CV. They think it's done. They send it out to loads yes. of different companies. And... Yes. yes. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, so... you know, I, I know there's a lot of uh, CV writers out there that write CVs for people. And, you know, I'm not knocking them and, I'm, I, you know, I have nothing against them. But what I'm trying to say is everybody needs to learn how to tell their story for themselves mm-hmm. so they can amend and be flexible in how they, they deliver it, depending on what a company is asking for. Mm. So, yeah, let's go into that. So um, when you say stories, what exactly, what, what can you give me an example of yeah, a story? Yep, yep. okay. We- Right. So, Mm -hmm. for example, uh, so using retail, for example, Mm -hmm. a retail job, one of the key things that they're looking for is custom service, Mm -hmm. as an example, right? So, they want to see how you have an example of customer service in the past, right? Now, I I tell and I look to people to say, you need to look at a job description as a list of problems, right? Because they need somebody to come in and do this job because they've got problems. Right, and our role as the the role of the candidate is to convince them that you're the best person to come in and fix the problems. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're talking about stories, and what I want to talk about stories is, is, is before we start on the stories is is, is explain three things. Right, mm-hmm. companies, all companies have three things in common. Okay, they need to increase sales. They need to reduce costs. And they need to meet the regulatory requirements. So regardless of where what industry you're in, when you tell your story, you need to add in your story how you've either re- increased sales, reduced costs, or meet regulatory requirements. Okay. So what I say to people is, is this, when you tell your story, one of the things is say, if the word is customer service on the job description, you take it, you put it onto your CV, um, uh, I always advise you some of that between your uh, profile summary and your work experience. The main section that you need to add in is your key achievement section. Mm, okay. Right? And in your key achievement section, I would say to people, there's, there's what I call signposting. 
So customer service is what they're looking for. And if it's, if it's a retail job, it's one of the most important. You bring the keyword customer service and you put it in your key achievements because that's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Customer, companies don't care about us. They care about what we can do for them. Yeah. Right? So once you know that, you said, okay, so what do they need? Customer service, take it down and put in there. Right? And then you tell your story. But the way you tell your story is, is to do with, um, so I like to use the star technique. Mm, well, so can you explain? Um, so the star technique, know. when people are telling stories, is, is the situation. S for situation. T for task. Action. What did you actually do? Uh, so the task is what did you have to do? Action is what you actually do, did. And then the result. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's it there. And so I changed it and put it into a problem as well. So situation, what's the problem? Mm, mm-hmm. Right? Task, what did you have to do? Action, what did you do to fix the problem? And the R is the most important bit. So what? You fix the problem, so what? Right? And the so what is where you link it into, did it help increase sales? Did it uh, help reduce uh, time and costs? Or did it meet regulatory requirements? Mm. Because mm-hmm. you know there's the three common things that every business needs. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So when, when, like, for example, when I work with your clients, you tell the story, you're writing down your star technique, and then you're only giving them the scenario, what was the problem, and you give them the result. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, the story is not in chronological order. The story, when you do it this way, can be from the best customer service example from your entire career history. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing here, because um, if you see about resumes, they talk about you only have seven seconds. Yeah. Hiring manager, hiring, because the, look, you said 4,000 applications. Yeah. <laughs> Think okay. about the poor person on the other side mm-hmm. that has to go through 4,000 applications to get 20 people to get on the maybe list for an interview. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Although just, just to add in there, what I've heard that what happens now is actually it's not even um, uh, humans that look at CVs anymore. They're basically put through a certain, uh, like a, a program or something. They just, yes. you need to yes. have keywords. And if there's yes. keywords yes. in there, then they get narrowed down. Gotcha, right. So, so, mm. so, 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 so to, to reduce from 4,000 to 100 or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. they're looking for keywords. Right, so it'll go through what they call the application tracking system. Right. Right. So it'll be picking out keywords. So one of the benefits is when you're using customer service or customer experience, word for word from the job description and put it on there, it'll help you pass the application tracking system as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're using the words in the job description. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. by default, the words in the job description, the keywords in job description, should be in your uh, CV as well mm-hmm. to help you get past it, right? But even then, right? So one people know it's all about keywords, they fill out for the keywords. Yeah. Right? So again, you need to go back into the story. And when I say people about the story, a CV is to only get you an interview. Right. Right? It's to get you in the door to whatever the next stage is. Okay? So... 
what I'm trying to say to people is only give them the, enough of the story that they need to get you through to the next stage. Mm, and so that's what you're saying. You there, yeah. yeah. Just give them the scenario and the so what. What was the result? You know, uh, save the country, you know, reduce the. And it's also about how you say it as well, right? So, so you know, for example, uh, you know, like, so myself also as an NLP practitioner is understanding the power of words, right? So, for example, if you say that you reduce the process from two days to one day, it's okay, but it's not wow, right? Mm-hmm. But if you say to people, I reduce the process by 50%. Yeah. All right? Because mm-hmm. it's telling the same thing, but one sounds more powerful than the other. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's all about using metrics and the point of enjoy about using metrics, right? It doesn't matter the example itself. The point about it is that you save, improve the process by 50%. Mm-hmm. And then they, and like I said, you're fixing problems, right? Customer service is the problem. This was the problem. This is how you fixed it. And this is the so what, right? In this, in, on the CV, you just said, this is the problem and this is the so what. So as curious people anyway, we're saying, how did you do that, Susanna? Yeah. Well, better call me in for the interview then, and I'll tell you. <laughs> right? We're naturally curious things. But the other thing that the reason why you do it this way as well is because you're making it easier, regardless of who the, right, who the person is that picks up the CV first. Mm. Right? Because the first person picks me up could be a recruitment agent. First person who could pick up the CV could also be uh, someone in HR. Now, if it's a technical role, HR or recruitment agent might not know the technical ins or out of what you do. If it's an engineer or, or you know, a specialist, right? Mm-hmm. So what I say to people, you need to be telling the story in a simple enough format that even someone's grandmother could understand it. Right. Okay. Right. So, so, mm-hmm. so what I'm trying to say, because, because like, um, um, uh, like I said, the HR person might not understand who it is. I don't understand it if it goes into too technical jargon. Right. So I try as much as possible to tell the story simple enough, take out the jargon so that they understand it, you know, because a problem can be, and it, you know, it's a skill, but it's a skill that you come across in practice as well, mm-hmm. you know. How mm-hmm. to tell your story simple enough that anybody can understand it because you don't know who's going to pick up the thing, the thing right? And 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 you know the uh, what I call the gatekeepers, are the people in HR and the people in um, uh, recruitment agents, right? Mm-hmm. They are the ones that have to sift through for me four thousand. It might have gone down to a hundred. They are the ones that have to sift through that hundred to decide which ones go there, right? And if they can't understand how you can come in and help their company, mm-hmm. the chances of you going to the hiring manager reduces as well. Right, yeah. All right. And the other benefit as well for this, Susanna, is when you go to the interview, because you've given them exactly what they want up front in the first half page of your CV, you're giving them a heads up of what you can do for them before you actually even enter the room. Mm. And you've already got the examples in there that's already piqued their interest that you can start explaining when they start going through the interview as well. Mm. So it aligns and it flows through nicely. You see, the stories that you want to speak about, you've already given it to them up front. 
Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, it doesn't matter if you're an intern, director, because I worked with all of them and everyone in between. Right? Yeah, yeah. The different levels of management and senior management. Because the more higher up you are, the bigger the problems you've solved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? Your example is going to be more savings, more sales, more meeting rate, more me dealing with teeth, and you're just aligning the, 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 your best problems to what they're looking for. Mm. So would you write those stories like in the context, like let's say you worked in a certain um, company, like from this time until this time, then when you describe what you did at that company, that's when you would say, okay, I increased sales by 20%. I reduced yes. costs by whatever. Yes. Yes. But, but give them the context and paint a picture of the problem first. Right. Okay. Which is why you talk about the situation because mm. we're visual people, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can give a little context to how bad the problem was. Right. And then what you did to fix it. Right. Okay. So kind of saying something like the, uh, the um, company was really um, struggling. They couldn't cut their costs. Just um, expenses were going through the roof. And I found a way to reduce costs by 20%. Yes. Exactly, right? right. So, so like, for example, I, I will explain to you. So, for example, I had a, cust- a friend of mine mm-hmm. that say um, she dealt with the customer. So we're talking about customer service. So she was mm-hmm. dealing with customer service and a call came in after hours. Right. From a from a uh, call came in after hours from a... Uh, so basically, they were supplying products to supermarkets. Call came in after hours from a agent, for the uh, account manager. That's what it is. From the account manager coming in, and she and she, and they were saying that the order that should be received tomorrow was missed off. Okay. Uh, so mm-hmm. they called after hours to the administrative lady and, and thing to say, can we do anything? So she called up the factory, spoke mm-hmm. to the, the uh, you know distribution manager and explained the problem situation and explained that this was a key customer, right? And they managed to recall the delivery driver to come back and pick up a uh, 3,000 euro order. Wow. Right? And take mm-hmm. it back because they explained and she explained everything right. Now, she just explains, you know, this is the problem, convince the manager to come back and do that. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of steps in between on how you do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? But there was also yeah. as well when she talked about it, she, that she also gave training to the account manager to ensure that that doesn't happen again. Mm, mm-hmm. right so and it's something that she does every single day in her job fixing problems putting out fires everybody does that on a daily basis right yeah yeah but we don't think through of the value of what that actually means yeah that's so true right so the so what the result is so important because then you can explain the enormity and gravity of it. You know, I had another uh, lady that um, that's an intern has a job title, mm-hmm. okay, and she was translating from Chinese into uh, from Mandarin into English project documents. It's like, wow, you do that all the time? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a small company, so it's just the CEO and me, and we're doing all this, okay. And I said to her, so what were the what were the uh, documents used for? And, and what was the biggest uh, scale, right? So, oh, these were for projects for up to $14 million. Wow. Right? And, and, and the project team did not speak Mandarin, right? 
So she was the point of contact to make sure on these up to $14 million projects. Wow, yeah. Right? That's really so, important. And, and it wasn't even on the CV. Hmm. Right? Because when you tell me that problem, I can see different things. Attention to detail comes out. You don't have to tell me. Like, you know, when I say to people in Righteous Stories, don't tell me, show me. Mm. Right? And when you talk about how you fix specific problems, I can see attention to detail, dedication, you know, and all these sort of things between the two examples I've just given. And that's just an administrator and an intern as a job title. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. you know, as Susanna, I always remind people that the responsibilities that come with a job title are not yours. It comes with the job. Mm-hmm. Most job uh, CVs, as you see, responsible for this, responsible for that. And it's like, yeah, but if they took out your name and put somebody else there, the responsibilities will still be the same. Right, yes. It's what you did in the job and the stories you did and the experiences you fixed and the problems you sorted out. That's what makes you unique and make you different from everybody else. Mm. Wow, yeah. So when you learn how to tell the story for yourself and you can explain this is how I help to add value. Yeah. And this is how I can come into your business and add value to your business specific to what you want. Mm, yeah, that sounds like really good. <laughs> so much better than just so like so much better. Yeah, responsible. Yeah, business. and you know, like I said to you, Susanna, uh, when we were speaking the other day, it was just like you know, mm. on a scale of one to ten, how do you rate your CV? Yeah, me. <laughs> I did <don't Yeah>. <laughs> probably right. like a three or something. Right. Okay, but here's the thing: most people I speak to on a range goes from I rate my CV myself on a scale of three to six, three to seven. Yeah, right? on that scale there, depending on how optimistic they are on that day, right? But my point about it is, how can, if you, that's how you rate your CV so low, how can you expect the hiring manager to rate it higher than you rated yourself? And you know yourself, and it's your story. Yeah. Right? Wow. And this is what I'm trying to say to people. This is like, your CV is just an, it's a, your story written on paper talking about your experience and things that you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. So from my perspective, it's like, if you don't believe in your story and if you don't feel good and confident about your story, how are we expecting the hiring manager to feel confident? Yeah, that's so that's true. There, which which right? brings me to my point is how do we get that confidence? Because, because as you, as you said, as in some of the um, the examples which you gave, like some people have done like great things, but they're just, oh, it was just nothing. It was like, oh, just a little thing I did. Yes. But it's actually something quite important. Yes. So uh, talk to me a bit about how to kind of build confidence in in, in, in yourself and in, in, gotcha. in the things that you've done, your experience so that you can mm-hmm. um, write your stories and you, you can um, um, market yourself. Gotcha. I gotcha. So, so my perspective and what I would say is this is a question of practice. Okay. So mm-hmm. you can, you know, uh, get someone like me or someone else in the, you know, the, the coaching industry that, that, that knows how to help people write it for themselves. Okay. Right. Cause you know, I'm just one of many out there. Right. But, but what I'm trying to say is the, 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 the start technique we talk about, right. We need to look at 
uh, we need, because all of us are problem solvers. We go to work to fix and think problems, right? So I say to people, think about the biggest problems you've solved. Because those are the ones that are going to stand out. Yeah, yeah. Right? Your worst days at work, the most difficult customer that you've had to deal with, okay? But if you've solved it, right, you know, programs, so, so, so what I'm trying to say is the biggest problems we have at work is the biggest stories we can tell. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? And they do it all the time without thinking, but it's, it's, it's flowing through, so what? What's the impact? Right mm. and, and 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 fixing problems and using the star technique or any other technique to what was the problem star situation mm-hmm. what did I have to do these mm. are the different actions that I needed to do and this is the result and this is the so what right yeah, yeah. now the so what needs to be linked back to how did this help improve sales mm-hmm. reduce cost by making cost efficiency every company is looking for efficiency yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And then things like that. Now, here's the thing as well. When you reduce the process from two days to one day, for example, or from mm-hmm. two hours to one hour, you need to think about how many times a day that process is done. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. think about it, for example, if it's a, um, the lady that was working at the, uh, the, 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 they didn't have a filing system. <laughs> That's how bad it was on the computer. Okay. So, if people are looking for files, it'll be all over the place. So she took it upon herself to go and organize it all. Wow, well, yeah. Right? So finding one file used to take sometimes over a day because it's all over the place and everybody's using it. She reduced it down to 10 minutes. Wow, that's fantastic. But that one file, 10 people in the office, how much time are you saving on a daily basis? Mm. times three six five yeah wow and you just just made it from you know even two two hours to one hour yeah and you just it's so amazing yeah because you think all these like small things that that we do you think oh so it's not a big deal like whatever but yeah it can have such a big impact well because it's like you know how many how often do you do it you know is it Mm. a daily basis is it a monthly basis you know, mm. and time is money, as we know, because when we save time there, we can do other processes and do other projects. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? So if you're a problem solver, you fix problems, which we all are anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, some of us you... create problems as well. <laughs> but, if you, but if you can create your problems yeah. and fix your own problems, even better. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's two skills you got there. You're a problem, yeah. a problem solver. <laughs> yeah no I was just joking but um yeah yeah but going back to the um the uh confidence piece a bit um so when we apply for um um certain jobs we think oh wow that like you know it's a really high paying job and you think oh like yeah you want it but you feel like oh there's no way that I could do something like that there's no Mm -hmm. way somebody would pay me that much money I know that's something that I've kind of uh uh, struggled with and then you see like friends in these like high paying jobs and you think well you know I, I'm, I'm just as smart and capable as they are but yeah why don't I have the confidence to 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 go for it the way they do yes I get that and that's a great question because I used to feel a lot like that myself right I look at the job title right and, and, and we get so focused on the job title and stuff like that well so there's a lot of people doing uh, doing the work that what the job title says mm-hmm 
without the job title. You know, right. and we get fixated on the job title to say that's who we are. We're more than just a job title, right? Mm. But the, uh, to answer your question, the best way I could say to it is um, like, so I've, I've seen, you know, from what I've seen so far, right? And it, it, uh, it's my observation that, uh, that I, I deal with a lot of uh, women clients as well mm-hmm. that moan and complain that the guys seem to have the gift of the gab are the ones that seem to get the job. Right. And from my perspective, they say is, is, but they've applied. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not sitting on the sidelines to say they can't do it. They've applied. So they're in with a shot. Right. Because I say to people, if you don't apply, it's already a no. Yeah. You got to throw your hat in the game to play, you know, to stand up and be counted and stuff like that. And I said, look, if you don't apply it, you, you, it's already no. So at least if you apply, you've got a 50-50% chance of yes or no, if nothing else, right? But yeah. the, weird, the the thing that I want to remind people is, is um, I, I like to use the, uh, the uh, what was it, the, the example of, of someone, when, when someone's single and they're looking for their uh, ideal, uh, you know, girlfriend or ideal boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, write down the list of what all the thing that, uh, you know, you want your ideal boyfriend to have, right? And you'll be writing war and peace and all these things, they gotta have this, they gotta have this and everything like that, right? Because they said, hey, the question is, who's my ideal mm. person, right? Mm-hmm. right? Cause that's what you're asking for, right? And you put war and peace on, on there, right? But so, so Susanna, my question is, if you had your list, right? Mm-hmm. And they were missing one element, would you turn them down completely just because they didn't have one thing in the ideal list? Yeah, yeah, no. Right, you'd consider it not to say that yeah. you take them, but you'd consider mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is, when when companies are calling out there and writing out the job description for the ideal candidate, mm. they want someone to come in and fix all their problems. Yeah, yeah. Right, but the problem that most uh, uh, that most people do, a lot of them ladies, from my experience, they focus on. They look at things. Oh, I can do five things on that list. But there's one thing I can't do and I won't apply because of that. Yeah. Right? And I said, yeah, but you can do all the other five things and you can do it really well. Right? And so what I'm trying to say is you have to shift the focus from what I can't do for them to what I can do for you. Yeah. And there are things that you can learn yes. on, on the job as well. Yes, yes exactly. That's the whole point about all these little things, right? You need yeah. to adapt and all these sort of things. But the other thing I want to add to it is mm-hmm. when you're writing your story, it's focused on the things that you can do for them, mm-hmm. not what you can't do for them. Yeah, yeah. Right? So my confidence when I go into the when I go to people to go into the interviews is focused on what I can do, not what I can't do. Mm. Yeah, and there's um, something else which I've heard um, before, like um, some people like like you can teach skills, but you can't necessarily teach um, a certain um, um, attitude. Yes. You know, there's some people that yes. are like they they take all the box, they can do everything, but they're not pleasant to work with at yes. all. You know. Yes. Whereas yes. you can have somebody who's a great team player. They don't know everything, but they can learn it. You yes. know. Yes. So, right. what are your thoughts on that? So, so, so even a great team player, mm-hmm. right, has a lot of value and does a lot of things for the team. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
the team player needs to understand the value of their role and what they're doing because the team player is the one that fixes problems as well. Yeah. Fixing everybody's problems, right? So what I'm trying to say is even the team player needs to understand the value of the contribution and the value of the experience. Because mm, mm-hmm. when they fix problems and they understand the importance and the value of the problem they fixed, that's how you get experience. Yeah. That's yeah. how you get confidence. Mm, yeah. It's just a job title. It's just a, you know, a title, a name you call ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? I said, go deeper and just say, what are the things that make you a team player? How are you helping the company colleagues? Are you helping this? But look it through. I helped the colleague do this and we saved mm-hmm. the account. I helped the yeah. colleague do this and we brought the project in on time. Bringing the project in on time saves money, saves costs. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's coming back again to the same thing. You know, How's it, how did the work and contribution do? Because we don't work by ourselves, we work in teams, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's understanding what the value of your contribution to whatever team, to whatever project. Mm. So if you were to say kind of like, what are uh, what are the kind of the key points that we should uh, consider when we when we start to write our CV? So I would so say stories. understanding. So stories, mm. but I would, I, I would say um, uh, understand what the hiring manager is looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I go to it, I was saying is, and if you think of a job description as problems, mm-hmm. yes, look at the five key problems, right? And not all problems are the same. So when I say the five key problems, okay, for this job description, I think customer service is the most important thing. It's a mm-hmm. judgment call at the end of the day because you're doing it by yourself. I judgment customer service is the most important. Then they need uh, someone to do administration, and then they need all of this sort of things. So that when you understand what they want and then you put it there, uh, you take the keywords and you put in the key achievement section. Okay, what's the best story I got to match what they got? What's the best story to match what they think? So, so the focus is always what do they need and then matching what I have to them, matching what I have to them, matching what I have to them. Mm-hmm. Right? Because here's the thing, right? So if it's a customer service role, say mm-hmm. the retail, as we talked about, Yes. Yeah. And you're saying that you, uh, I'm trying to think of something completely different. Uh, you worked as a wood, uh, you know, cutting trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's the first thing you want everyone to know on, on the top of your CV. Yeah. <laughs> right. As the hiring manager, my question is how is that relevant for what I need you to do? Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. Do you see what I'm saying? So, yeah, so yeah. the problem, what people do is they want to, because they're really desperate and they want to get a job and everything like that, the problem they do, they try to give the hiring manager everything. Yeah. About them. Mm. You know, that uh, I do this and I do this and this. And I said, yeah, but how is it relevant for the job? So your CV, every line in there, everything in there is all about how is what I'm doing here relevant for what they need? Mm. If it's not, yeah. reduce it or take it out. Yeah, yeah, that makes because so your sense. CV is in a story in itself. Yes, we mm-hmm. need to do a chronological order of all these sort of things, but mm-hmm. you think um, not everything or not each job in your on your list. Mm-hmm. 
deserve the same amount of space. Yeah. So you can contract and expand depending on the relevant experience for that job. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, I work with some directors and everything that have three, four, five, six page resume of CVs. Wow. Because they have so much experience and don't know so many amazing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I said, yeah, that's great. But that's your, your CV template, right? That's what you have there and you create a new CV every time for each job and you take the best examples and you give it there. Mm. Right? Yeah, so like kind of make it uh, concise and to the point yes. and uh, yes. relevant to that particular job. Gotcha. Basically. Gotcha. Right. And, 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 and just go back to your question about mm. confidence, mm-hmm. right? When you have a CV template, which mm. I like to tell people, call it what you want. I call it your your record of awesomeness or your record of amazing, right? Yeah. You have a CV template of showing how you fixed problems in the past mm-hmm. and help save money, increase sales, meet regulatory requirements. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what a manager tells you. It doesn't matter what the customer says. You've got record of achievements there in black and white of how problems you've solved in the past. Mm-hmm. And the impact you've made on the company. Yeah. Nobody can take that back away from you, right? So on the days when you're having a bad day, like you're always going to do, your record of uh, awesomeness mm-hmm. and amazing, or whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. That's the record of everything that the achievements you've done in a career perspective that's mm-hmm. made a difference. Oh, yeah. That's really, really powerful. Yeah. Yes. So, so a CV is not just for a hiring manager. Mm. A CV is also for ourselves. And the other thing I want to add to you as well is when you learn how to tell the story, it's not just for your CV, it's also for performance reviews as well. Mm, you okay. have to do because, because then you can explain to the manager by doing this, I made this impact and this is how I added value to the company and saved X amount or you know reduced the process time by X amount and all these sort of things. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So we, by doing this, we're the own best advocate for the work we do. And it's mm-hmm. written down and it'll help the manager because managers have to negotiate with the hiring, the, the higher managers on the salary and the bonus to give you. Yeah, yeah. Right? So when you can show your manager how amazing you are and you're doing all of this and the impact, it's like, yes, and that's why Susanna should get a pay rise and this and all of that stuff as well by demonstrating yeah. your value. And mm-hmm. if... For some crazy reason, you have a crazy manager that doesn't appreciate your value. Mm-hmm. You have the evidence to get up and go and find another job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why are you still in that job? Mm-hmm. Power comes back to you. Control comes back to you to say, right, I'm ready for something else. Mm-hmm. I know my story. I know what I can do. I know my value. Time to go look for the next job now. Mm, yeah, amazing. And in that job, looking for the next job yes yeah right so and not you know, just you know, chuck it all yeah. in before you think yeah yeah that's a really important point and i just want to add um quickly so um as a person who has a uh stutter um i remember before i went to see a career advisor and she told me oh is there any way that you can hide it or like you know don't don't say anything about it until you until you get the job 
And I kind of was like, well, you know, not, not really. I mean, also, and I've done like a lot of um, positive things um, regarding that as well. And I was just wondering what your take on was um, about uh, disclosing if anybody has any condition or disability or anything like that, or like any like health issue. So, so from my perspective, from my perspective, I mm -hmm. think that career culture thing is shocking. Yeah. Right, right. Because, Susanna, you telling me you have a stutter mm. and you do a podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is it's not that you, like, you're doing something because you have a disability. Mm. What I'm trying to say is you're doing something in spite of having a disability. Right? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say to people, your disability can also become your superpower as well. Mm -hmm. Right? And the other thing I want to say is, especially, you know, here in the UK, if you go for any government jobs, there's a question there about disabilities mm -hmm. and all these sort of things, right? And, 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 you know, governments and a lot of big companies now, they're wanting to celebrate diversity and, and, and be seen to be inclusive, mm -hmm. right? Now, what I'm trying to say, if there's a disability tab there, I would tick it to make sure you jump in front of the queue. Use every advantage you got. Mm, yeah right so i'm saying disability could be an advantage yeah i mean the way i see it is kind of it's how you choose to yes. deal with it you yes. know like yes. for some people it makes them stronger it makes them yes. work harder yes exactly it, you know they're able to add even more value mm. and that's why i'm, I'm just saying the things I, you know that the things that i would say to the people with disability also feel like they have something more to prove mm. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's like, I've got this disability and stuff like that. No, in spite of my disability, I can do all of these things, right? And it's like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I can, I'm not, you know, I don't have a disability. So I, I'm not saying that I, I'm, I'm, I know about all the challenges you have. Mm -hmm. But what yeah. I'm trying to say is we just have to deal with what life's given us. Yeah. The cards we've been dealt and just learn how to play with those cards to the best of our ability and to the Absolutely. best of our advantages, right? Because mm -hmm. this is this is what you've been got. You might like it, you might hate it, but this is what you've got. This is it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I couldn't right. agree more. So, yeah. So rather than trying to hide your disability, mm -hmm. right? You should be celebrating your disability and saying, in spite of all that, this is what I can do. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because because uh, you know um, you know yes there's still uh, dis disability discrimination they stay in age and stuff like that and and, and you know and, uh, and and all those sort of things but from my perspective life is unfair yeah yeah that's just the way life is whether you like it or not that's the way it is but we can still think about how we choose to play the game and we choose to approach the problems mm -hmm. right. And just said, hey, we can celebrate the disabilities and I can do all of these things. You, that's why, you know, I was honored to come on this post with uh, this podcast yeah. with you, Susanna, you know. <laughs> you, you, you've got to start like you're doing a podcast. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's amazing. Right? <laughs> People without disabilities would mm. be cringing. Mm. Say, yeah. You want if me to public speak? You want me to do a podcast? No way. Yeah, no, that 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 was me. Like, if you... Um, I years ago there's no way i would have done something like yes. this because yeah because i just i just would have just cringed but yeah no. you, but you know exactly but you just think you know do i want to live my life inside this mm -hmm. box you know and not do anything you just think screw yes. that you know exactly. screw that <laughs> screw that indeed Susanna. and you know that's the question you know that i've yeah. had as a 
because I've changed careers and I've changed sort of things like, you know, yeah. do more of the things that light us up. Do more yeah. of the things that we're passionate about. Right? Exactly. Because, you know, uh, uh, you know, I've been uh, 20 years and trying lots of trial and error. I've got mm. a lot of regrets from the things that I should have done and should not have done in all this, yeah. as we all do. We right? all do, yeah. But the, the thing is, like, hey, but life is short, right? We don't know when our time is, but when we get to the end, we're not going to be worried about that safe job that we stayed in for the last 30, 40 years. It's going to be all the regrets of the things that we didn't do. Mm, mm-hmm. Right? So for me, it's like, once I got that, it was like, hey, I've wasted 20. Well, I, I don't say wasted 20 years because that's a lie. I've yeah. enjoyed and I've gotten so much value and experience from the last 20 years. Right? Mm-hmm. But I've played around on 20 years for the things I don't want to do. Yeah. Right? So now it's like, okay, for the rest of it, I'm going to be focusing more on the things that we do, we, um, that we do want to do. And, you know, some people say to you, to me, Susanna is, yeah, but I don't know what my purpose is or what I'm supposed to be doing in life. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we need to be stepping more into the things that scare us, that mm. makes it uncomfortable to figure out if it's the right thing for us or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I see a lot of people waiting for the certainty in life. And they're mm-hmm. doing risk-based benefit to say, well, if I do this, what's the return? If I do this, what's the return? It's like, sometimes you just got to have to jump in, both feet, eyes wide open. Right? Mm-hmm. and see what happens yeah yeah definitely yeah no that's it's a really good point and i just um i want to ask now just a bit about so when somebody does decide that that, that they that they want to change careers and you know maybe they're in their 30s 40s even um 50s well, what are your thoughts on that or your experiences that you've had when somebody does want to make a change later on in life so, so, so speaking to someone, uh, Susanna, that's in his 40s and he's changed mm-hmm. his career six times, right? Yeah. I would say it's uh, if you're not sure, always look to get some help to get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But get, some, get a different perspective from the people that are doing what you want to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Sometimes the problem is we speak to our loved ones around us and we speak to our friends and our family, right? But the question I have is, yeah, but what have they done? What did you think? Mm-hmm. Because, because, because what I've realized as well, sometimes our family and our friends, because they love us, they want to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. Right? And when they're wanting to keep us safe, their advice is coming from a point of view to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. Right? If they've never done a podcast before, before yeah. And they don't know how it works or anything, for example, Susanna, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, are you sure you want to do that, Susanna? <laughs> you don't know anything about it. But you see, when yeah. they're speaking, they're giving advice. They're giving it from their perspective and their experience. Yeah, yeah. And all they want to do is keep you safe. Mm-hmm. Right? So be careful who you speak to for advice when you're looking to change, stuff like that. But also as well, as, as, as some of it is, is also reflection within yourself. Mm-hmm. To say, what is it doing that I've done all this job? Then what is it specifically that I enjoy? Yeah. All right. Because what I've learned as well is when you follow your passion and you specialize mm-hmm. in the things you want and everything you want to do, that's where you become more alive and you're more passionate and you're more happier. And when we're more happier, creativity 
Yeah. Now it flows quicker and faster. So in a way, it sounds to me like what you're saying is, you know, find the um, problems that you enjoy solving. Yes. Yes. And, or, or look to your passions as well. Mm-hmm. What are you passionate about? You know, mm-hmm. you know I, I, I work with people that um, they've got glamorous jobs and all these sort of things, right? And I said, okay, but what do you do for fun? Oh, I love dancing and singing and, and, and all these sort of things, right? And then I asked them, so how often do you get to follow your passions? Oh, not at all, because I'm working all the time. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, and that's the thing. Some of you think, oh, yeah, you've got this high-paid job, you've got to do this, but you don't have time to enjoy any of it. Yes. It's like, what's the point? Is like, how do you find that balance? Yes, right. Where so, you can so, earn money, uh, but also in, yes. have a life. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, but, but what you're saying is, is, is like I said, a high-paying job mm. and a great job on paper, correct? Can also be your your your, your jail cell. Yeah. All right. All right. Because the problem is everybody looks at them. Wow, he's got a great job. Wow, how lucky you are. Right. But some of these people inside, they're feeling miserable mm. because mm. they're having to keep up the appearances for everybody else. And you know the, the you know the higher you are, the family job things like that. They're staying in the job because of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. You know, obligations and all the people around us. And it's like, I get that. And if that's what you want to do, I respect that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is but are you happy? Because, mm. you know, for me, it's just like, when you find what it is you're calling, your purpose, what things that light you up and you do more of it, mm-hmm. and it's aligned to who you are as a person, mm-hmm. that's where the magic is. That's yeah. where the magic happens, right? That spot there. In, and, but, but, you know, it's, I, I also believe it's done that all of us want to make a difference. All yeah. of us wants to, you know, leave a legacy and make an impact and stuff like that, you know? That, you know we all want that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, okay, while you're in the job, I'm not saying to chuck it in, but explore the opportunity to see what's around there, to try different things. Yeah. Right, and, mm-hmm. and 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 what I'm trying to say to you to say is, is when you get some like a, a career coach or someone else like that or a life coach or whatever that you need, you're not reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. You're learning off their experience and all these sort of things, and you're piggybacking off that, right? Because you know there's the the same success leaves clues. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you're looking to go into, whatever field, see who's already there and see how they do it and see what you're saying. So. But getting a different perspective because we're very much narrow-minded sometimes like this. Say, yeah. You know, this is our vision of the world, and this and our vision of the world is true. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's ours, right? The point about getting different perspectives and different different points of view to help you on your journey mm-hmm. is yeah. that you open your mind even further to see what's possible. Mm, what's yeah. Because because in life there's a lot, we all have our blind spots. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure that, that we cannot see i think there was an expert uh, um, i said it somewhere said we can't see the label on the outside of the bottle from the inside wow yeah right <laughs> yeah right? yeah mm-hmm. so sometimes it's important to have a different perspective mm-hmm. for sure to point things out in our blind spots that we would never see mm. 
Yeah, no, that's so true. And it's really, really, really helpful to have that kind of support. Yes. Um, I just want to kind of round up a little bit with, um, so we talk when you when you have your your CV, everything's done, you're, you're already, um, you know, your stories, you feel confident in your experience. And um, so talk to me a little bit about using the platform um, uh LinkedIn, because obviously it's a really, really important, um, mm -hmm. like uh, quite a lot of people find jobs that way they yeah. network. Um, so what are your thoughts on how to like, how to approach that platform? Okay, great. Start. Great, great question. So from my perspective, Susanna, LinkedIn mm -hmm. for me, right? So if you think of your CV when you're applying for jobs, mm -hmm. right, you're trying to tailor your story to that company. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn on the other on the other side should be used to attract the type of job you want specifically. Right. right? And, and 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 what I see a lot on LinkedIn is everyone wants to again write down everything they've done. All right. I've got this course, this course, this course, this course, and then I say to people, "That's great." But I'm looking at it and I'm not clear to me what job you're looking for. Mm, right, yeah. Right? So if I'm confused on what job you're looking for, mm -hmm. the hiring manager's confused on what job you're looking for as well. Yeah. Right? So so the examples that you've put on there, so, so when you know the type of jobs you want to apply for, so mm -hmm. it's a project manager job or a customer service manager job, whatever, LinkedIn should be talked about you're a customer service manager if you have the experience. Mm -hmm. And then you're putting in there the experience relevant to a customer service job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. So, what I'm saying here is it flows from your CV, your story on your CV to go to the interview, but also can you copy and paste that stuff and put it into your LinkedIn as well in the About You section? Mm -hmm. The About You section should be the most common keywords slash problems of your industry right and how you've added value in the past mm. you don't care about the company you don't care about things like that you want to to raise your stories to, uh, to a level that it can be easily applicable to any other industry mm. yeah like transferable skills transferable mm. skills right so mm. and as you know that's already the key things that most in that in project management companies are looking for anyway mm. Mm -hmm. So show them how you fix problems in the past mm -hmm. on your LinkedIn specific to what you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that really makes sense. Mm. All right. So that, that you're making the hiring manager and the recruitment uh, agent's job easier. Ah, this is what they want. This is how they can help. That fits my job description. All right. Yeah. And then they call you in. And I always say to people, that even though the, the recruitment agent says, oh, I want to put your CV forward, mm -hmm. I always tell them to take the job description that they've got, that's got from the company, mm -hmm. and tailor it even more. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that makes so that sense. increases your chances of getting a job. And what about um, uh, contacting, uh, contacting people through... Uh, LinkedIn is LinkedIn? that a good idea to kind of just reach out like hey I do this that and the other you know is so uh, so, so from my perspective yeah from my perspective most people mm -hmm. 
want to contact because they want something from you. Yeah. 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 Right. So I reverse it and I say, if you want to connect with someone, mm-hmm. check out their LinkedIn profile, see something you like about them that you have common interest with, and connect based on that. Mm-hmm. They might still say no anyway. That's fine. Yeah. But you're, you're showing them what it is about them that you like and the reason why you want to connect. You might want a job in the future as well. It's mm. no problem. But you're starting from a place of, oh, I like what you do. Mm-hmm. Rather than, hey, can you help me find a job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 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 you know, if anyone's seen on my LinkedIn stuff and say, hey, I liked your video here and, and, and you know, how you explained that was amazing. Love connecting with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I connect with people. Mm. Okay, I yeah, that's a really content, good tip. I like what they want. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I mentioned something specific about a particular article that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then mm. I connect with them. Mm, yeah, that, 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 that makes sense um any kind of kind of closing thoughts um on all this just while, as we as we wrap up so like the main so, takeaways great. so susanna all i would say is is um you, you know uh, <laughs> i'll say this so if you know it's all about for me it's all about finding your dreams find your purpose and living mm-hmm. you know, an aligned field aligned field like who you are as a person right Definitely. And what I was saying is that, you know, when you're chasing dreams and you're not sure about your dreams, what I'm saying is, if your dreams mm-hmm. don't scare the shit out of you and excite you at the same time, yeah, you're not dreaming big enough. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because what I'm trying to say is it's, 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 it's when we get into uncomfortable states and uncomfortable zones, uh, we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah <laughs> that's so true yeah to explore mm-hmm. what it is what we're capable of mm. yeah because that's the only way we're going to find our dream career yeah that's so true and so powerful as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's brilliant uh, so we'll just round off uh, with the uh, two questions that i like to ask mm. each guest at the end and um the first one is, um, what are the key practices that have helped you to um, um, uh, uh, overcome challenges um, and attain success? Like, what are those things that you've had to do consistently? That's a great question. So I think for me, is, is, is um, the practices for the most is, is first of all, so, so I'm, uh, I've got two young kids, so trying to have a morning routine just doesn't work at the moment because it's when they sleep and I sleep and when they wake up, I wake up sort of thing, right? But I, one of the things that I do every day is I have a cold shower every day. Wow. That's one of the practices is to wake me yeah. up and then when I'm doing my cold shower, I have a daily um, affirmation. I'm mm-hmm. doing in the cold shower so that I know how long I need to be in there as well. Wow. All right. And it's, and it's, 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 it's you know, it's, it's about the power of words, you know, and stuff like that. So, so Tony, uh, Tony Robbins talks about uh, the triangle, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I'm it before Susanna. Yeah. In the middle is the state, right? Mm-hmm. And the state. And, and how to practice it. It's all about our state and the things we need to do to get our state, the peak, peak state, right? So yeah. one side of it is the focus. Mm-hmm. What are you focusing on on a daily basis? 
Because when we're yeah. thinking of the bad stuff, and we think stuff, we're going to get, you know, that doesn't help us for elevators, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's the language. One side is the focus of the triangle. The other side is the language. What's mm-hmm. the language you're using to ourselves? Yeah. The self-talk language. And, you know, we all have that demon within us that's trying to bring us down every time and keep us yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah. Right? right? But there's also the physiology as well. Right, the mm-hmm. body language and how we hold yourself. And you know, when you talk about the two millimeter shift, oh, yeah, yeah, like that, right? it should be like right? this exactly. Right? So, so, so <laughs> yeah. I use that on a daily basis. I go shower in my affirmations, I think, right? Because wow. it's cold and it's freezing. And the point of it when it's cold and freezing, you can't think of all the negative. It's like, oh, it's, <laughs> yes, yeah. it's colder in the winter, but I think I'd say, yeah, that's one of the practices. Yeah. Focusing on what I want. Using mm-hmm. the Latin language, the I am's and all this, who I am, and this is what I'm doing, and you know, I'm meant to be making a difference in the world, and all this. And I say that every day, and I did that before we got on the staff as well. You know, mm-hmm. self talk, managing self talk, and just having fun. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. You have to enjoy the process, yes, otherwise, what's right. the point? And and even when we're doing this as well, Susanna, mm-hmm. if I'm not having fun, mm-hmm. that means I'm too happy, I'm too close to the problem. Right. Okay. So it's a reminder for me just to step back. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's part of my practices as well. It's like, if I'm mm-hmm. not having fun, that means I'm, it, you know, I don't want to turn this into another job. This is my passion. This is my calling. If yeah. I'm not having fun, I need to step back to be too close to the problem. Right. So I should mm. practices I would add on to that as well. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, then for the last question is, um, what do you value most and how do you put it into practice? So I think, you know, for, for my uh, my background and upbringing, coming up from a small island like Fiji, Susanna, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we grew, we grew up, we didn't really have much in terms of material things, you know. Yeah. But the one thing I valued most was the family and we always helped each other out and all these other things, right? So even from there, the thing, the thing I value most is gratitude. You know, everyone talks about yeah. it all the time, but it's just being grateful for what you have. So true. Right? So because mm-hmm. we all have problems. We have all these things mm-hmm. in life. But there's millions of people have worse than us as well. Absolutely. Right? So, so what I would like to say is, it's, 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 again, perspective. Right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's the gratitude for the perspective to say, no matter how bad things are happening for you right now, and we know we think we're the center of the world. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how bad things are right now, mm-hmm. it could be worse. Right? But, Absolutely. But, but instead of focusing on the worst stuff, I'm always thinking about, no matter how bad things are right now, it will get better. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you have it in your mindset to say it's already better in here, mm-hmm. nothing can touch it. Yeah. And for Absolutely. me, it's a gratitude of all these sort of things. But, you know, it, it, it's um, uh, 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 having the results that we want mm-hmm. in our mind before it's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So and what about yeah no that that's that's a great one gratitude is so important and like would you is it just something that you say to yourself like oh i'm i'm so grateful so, so or is uh, it, that's a good question time, i, I like think it's um um uh, uh, only two kids having a moment is, uh, is yeah actually, right yeah <laughs> so so i think for me is is more of when i'm like putting my kids to bed yeah you know so it's in the moments that i'm doing things Mm-hmm. That I just take two seconds. Like, wow, so lucky! I've got two beautiful little girls, and I get to do this, and I'm putting them to bed. Yeah, right. Just so being fully present with that experience yes, in yeah. that moment there, and then and, and that's how really. I try to do it as well. 
Yeah. No, that 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 that's actually where where it's at. It's in that it's in that yeah. moment when it's actually happening. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, James. I've really enjoyed You're this very conversation. Welcome, Susanna, and thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, and it is and definitely an honor to be here with you. Great. And if someone wants to find out more about what you do and um, where 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 can they find you? I know you've got a group on Facebook. You've yes, I've got a free group things. on Facebook as well. As and uh, yeah, the links and everything I will send to you as well, Susanna, so yeah. you can share it with your uh, your audience do. afterwards as well. Brilliant. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much, James. Thank you you for uh, listening. If you think that this um, episode could um, benefit someone or inspire someone, uh, please make sure uh, you share it. Otherwise, um, I'll catch you next time. 